This morning we have a wonderful opportunity to celebrate uh, what God did uh, in and through the mission trip to Mexico. If you're visiting this morning, last uh, weekend, a number of uh, us and brothers and sisters in Christ from uh, Baptist Church over there on Grand went to Tijuana and uh, built a home. And uh, this morning we wanted to carve out time and, and really celebrate God's goodness and, and really celebrate transformation. We, we have been talking about transformation since the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, that can happen in a, a variety of contexts. And sometimes God wants to provide an opportunity for transformation by speaking to your heart about going on a mission trip. And uh, I really celebrated the stories that I've heard, and, and I'm praying that you'll be blessed. Not just, again, the ministry that happened to the family over there and everything, but also my prayer is that we would all hear from the Lord about our own transformation in the areas in, in our own lives, where it may not be a trip to Mexico, it may be an issue you're dealing with right now that's as big as going to Mexico in terms of, uh, I don't know about that. So uh, we'll, we'll kick off with the video, and then afterwards Mark will come up. All right? This is uh, YWAM 2016. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Shiloh, for the uh, <laughs> the editorial correction there. Um, I, I didn't even know I said that. So. Um, I wanted to just uh, read a couple of verses that we read this morning uh, from Psalm 105. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. That is what this is all about. That is what you just saw. Uh, like Richie said, we had 22 people go down, 11 from the Baptist Church, 11 from here. We had an absolutely fantastic trip, which you can tell from the video. And um, Actually, I just want to turn it over. We're going to have a handful of people share about their trip, and we're going to start with Tina. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to go. Got my passport the few days right before we were ready to go. So I guess I said, okay, right, God, I guess I am going. Um, I'm just going to share. Throughout the week, I've been praying how God, you know, what should I be sharing? Um, I needed to share. So I just kind of took a little bit of notes. So I'm not going to make it too long. Okay, Mark. Um, little Sylvia, the teenage daughter up there, you know, she touched my heart. Um, she was silly. We were able to laugh and. We didn't, she didn't speak any English, and we didn't speak any Spanish, but it, we had a great time. It was fantastic. Um, the, the little bunnies that you had there, um, the next the Saturday they made us um, burritos. So I kind of joked with her. I'm like, oh, what's in the burrito? You know, I didn't see the bunnies around. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, carne. I'm like, oh, carne like conejo? And she's like, oh, no, pollo, pollo. And I'm like, okay, good. So, all right, phew. We got that one out. Um, the little one was Jose Ismael and uh, yes, okay. And they were rolling along. We were painting, painting. We couldn't keep up with them. They were so fast, and it was it was good. They were they were hilarious, trying to jump off and scare Nadine, like jumping off the hill. Oh look, what I can do! Um, 
it was neat. Uh, the one one Ismael, he was trying to talk to me. The second day, he was rambling, and, you know, because I thought it was rambling. He was just talking. And he was, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I still don't understand what you're saying. But he's like, and he just walks away. <laughs> like, okay. You know, he just gets so frustrated. But the mom shared with me, um, Luz Marie, she shared that um, before we got there on Saturday, um, little Jose was looking at the door, uh, listening at the door, saying, missionaries, missionaries, you know, are they here, you know, yet? So they were excited for us to be here, too, which was neat. And Luz Marie was extremely thankful, and um, you could see her face and she knew that God has, had blessed their family, so that was great. Um, I'm going to do a little shout-out. Um, Vinny and Kyle, I didn't know that I could love you any more than I already had. <laughs> you guys have stepped up amazingly um, through just being you, and it's neat to see that you are um, growing up to be nice young men. Um, I'm very proud of an auntie. Oh, Shiloh. Shiloh shared a room with us. <laughs> um, now her new name is Miss Sassy Pants. <laughs> She's not so quiet. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, my brothers Wes and Bill had the pleasure of sitting in the truck for nine hours on the way down to Mexico with Kim and I. <laughs> uh, that should tell you enough. But... Um, it was funny because they thought it was hilarious. Kim thought it was great to try and find my next husband in the traffic jam. Okay, that one there maybe, that one. No, yeah, it was it was great. And they were playing along, Wes, weren't you? Yes, you were. Uh-huh. Um, we badgered them a lot, especially on the way back home. Um, poor Bill. Mm-hmm. We were giving him a hard time. He wanted to have Starbucks. Wes wanted to have Krispy Kreme. We got to Starbucks, but we still didn't get a Krispy Kreme. So we pouted a little bit in the back seat. And, okay, fine, we'll go to Krispy Kreme. You know, Bill, got to be on a plan. And so, anyways, we went off the beaten path, and we got Krispy Kreme, and I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and you're welcome, Olivia, and welcome, Kim, because I'm sure that your husbands appreciated you a whole lot more. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, Miss Nadine, you know, you are you. So um, you never change. So I think that's awesome. I mean, you um, – Always glorify God in what you do and you try and um, you love your kids unconditionally. And I think it's amazing. Um, you keep me grounded. So thank you very much for being you. Kimmy Kim, um, those of us that know you um, know that she is very witty and very sarcastic. And that's what we love about her. So never change. Okay. Um, and her, her heart overflows with those that are less fortunate. So she was in her mode. She was just, you know, loving on the kids and doing whatever she could. And it was great. So um, that's about it. Um, I, had a, I, I can't share with everything, everybody, but, you know, talk to me. I'll be happy to share more. Um, but I'll give it up now to who's next. So to sum up the weekend, it was just life-changing. I didn't really expect anything going into it. Before, I'd always heard missionary trips were just something you had to do to really experience it. And when Mark first came, everyone was talking about missionaries, how he goes to Haiti, and especially the past Mexico trip, especially because it's uh, one of the easier mission trips, I guess, just because it's a day drive. 
And so I heard many great stories from Bill, my dad, Mark, and Ernie. And I, I prayed to God, and he definitely wanted me to go on this trip, especially because after graduating high school, it would just be a, a new chapter in my life. And to start it off this way, I couldn't think of any better way. And so at the trip, just first getting into Mexico, I was just humbled beyond belief. Um, just 20 seconds past the border, you just see houses with boards, trash in the streets, people begging for money on the side of the road. I was like, wow, this is insane. Just And just coming out of San Diego, which it's almost like luxury over there. And so, but, uh, but at the compound and just working throughout the weekend, uh, it's kind of cliche when we say the church is one under God, but it was really awesome to working with First Baptist. After the first day of working, you couldn't even tell that we had come from two separate bodies of churches. Like It just felt that we were one, united under Christ, and it was just awesome. And uh, working with the family was awesome. All the kids were just smiling and painting. And, uh, it was just, you could feel the joy of the Lord in the place and building it. And it was funny, like, I didn't know what I was going to do going into it. And everyone says, it's a job for everyone. And I thought I'd be con- in construction helping out. But God had me just painting. And so I was like, all right, God, if you want me here, this is what I'll do. And so it was just an awesome weekend. And since then, my faith has really just strengthened to know that um, God had this all planned out. And also hearing the stories from the family who had been praying for years for a new home and a place to settle down. And just to see how God connected all of us, our group and the family um, and YWAM and all that. Uh, just for that one weekend where God's plan just came together and you could truly see it. And that was probably one of the, that's probably the most, uh, I guess, experience I had. Just God was right there and you could just easily see it. And so, yeah, I recommend. And I did cry. So. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nadine. And Richie had been going on mission trips taking high school kids like Kristen's here and uh, for years and um, he'd always tell me about the trips and I'd be like okay that's cool and I'd be like wow that's just they live in cardboard houses and once we were living in a trailer and it really humbled me that wow we a trailer with all the amenities in it is, is like a mansion would be a mansion to them and so this opportunity came up and I kind of wanted to go, but kind of not really, <laughs> and it's, um, and Richie just encouraged me and sh- uh, to go with my kids, and, um, and so as I went, it was definitely life-changing and transforming, and just, wow, God is so good. Um, my aha moment was when we went to the Walmart trip, um, we had to get four or five people to go with their family, and and to, um, to just shop with them. And um, and it was really cool because um, our translator said, okay, um, you know, we'll just go around with them. And if they ha- want beans, if it's all, if it's non-perishable, just throw more beans in the basket and stuff. And so we had collected um, $720. And it was just money that, you know, this was above and beyond. Like, you know, we didn't have to. We just, whoever wanted to donate. And, and so we had like four baskets full of stuff, and and I was looking at Nikki, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope we have enough money, because I put all my money in, I didn't have a credit card or anything, nobody had extra money, 
And so as we were finishing up the trip, the tra- our, um, Alejandro, our translator, was like, did you get diapers? I'm like, um, yeah. So I got two little ones. He goes, no, get, get more. Go get a bathtub. Go get this. Go get, do you get shoes? And, and so we were like, the basket was filling up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope we have enough money. So we're, I'm like sweating and praying. I'm like, Lord, you always provide. And, and, and so as we checked out, I asked Nikki, I go, how much, how much was it? And we had gone over, and I was like, how much was it? And she goes, 700, um, she goes, we went over 46 cents. And I was like, oh, if you round it up, God provided the exact amount. We were supposed to take a tally of, like, you know, how much we were spending, but we didn't. We just kept throwing stuff in the basket. The kids wanted this, and, and just to see their face as a family was so blessed and so thankful. And going back to the burritos, that afternoon they had fed us and I'm sure they had to walk like an hour to get the food and they don't have much and and for them to see God bless them exceedingly abundantly above all they can imagine they had no clue we were going shopping she just got tomatoes and meat and and I don't even think she knew we had a refrigerator so she got eggs and milk and and when we got there it was just like they were so blessed and so thankful, and they loved Jesus. They loved their family. They loved on us. And and for me, my take home is that to just have faith, faith as big as a mustard seed, to see the house being put up in 14 hours was crazy, and, and to see the food and the family and just God providing. And one of the scriptures um, that... Um, Spoke to me was Ephesians 3:20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And lastly, finally, after the shopping trip, we passed by their church, and their church—they don't have a car, so they have to walk. It was about an hour and a half to two hours away, down a rocky hill into the city. It's like from us walking here to the end of Shelf Road or something. She's pregnant, six months pregnant with four kids, and they walk to church, and they don't miss church. They're there and on time, and that was just so humbling. I'm like, wow, you know, just God is good, and I mean, I love our church family and First Baptist. God is definitely in the house, so. Short because uh, the ladies took a little longer than they should have. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, I, I was the old man of the group, so uh, you know it is what it is. <laughs> Mark, I'm sorry, but I, I did really did not want to go at first, but the Lord spoke to me and. Uh, that I should go, that when I get there, I will find all kinds of love, which I did. You've heard, you've heard everybody speak about what it was like down there, but I will tell you one quick short thing. The little boy, four years old, Sunday morning, we got to the job site, and he'd come up, and he, he hugged my leg. And he said, he said something, of course, I couldn't understand it. And then he kind of, like this, you know, looking up at me and come down here. So I kind of bent down and he kissed, kissed me on the cheek. 
If that is not love, I don't know what is. Thank you. Next. Okay, <laughs> I have to take a deep breath. I, I don't like to talk about myself, and <clears throat> but Richie asked me to share, and I felt like I should share. <laughs> so, for me, um, I guess you know what I want to say is that I want to encourage you. It's never too late <laughs> because. Same like Wes, you know. I was one of the older ones, but but much more than that, uh, I didn't want to go either. <laughs> and I, I um, so my story, you know, when I knew that I should go, and I felt led to go, you know, months before. But then, as it gets closer, I'm I'm starting to have doubt. So I start to go into a Okay, Lord, I I don't think this is right. You know, <laughs> it is. You know, send somebody else because I don't do construction work. I can't work out in the sun for eight hours. <laughs> you know, I have a bad back. You know, and how I can't sit in a car. You know, how am I going to stand? And and um, you know, it's laughable. It really is. You know, because I I went. I I could just go on and on with all the reasons that, that I said, you know, it shouldn't be me. <laughs> but but then, so I'm sitting there, you know, and, and the Lord says, no, it's exactly you're the one that should go because you need to trust me. You need to have more faith. <laughs> and so, and all, you know, you can hear it, you know, and, and uh these are all such little things. <laughs> you know, I, I make them into something, but they're all such little things in God's power. And so I and I knew that, you know, because I knew when I got there, I knew that I would see, like Vinny was saying, as soon as I crossed the border, I'm like, uh, all I could think of the whole time was, uh, oh, ye of little faith. You know, and then the family, they just blessed us so much and, and me because I just listened and I, I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, God, forgive me because these people have real faith. Okay, they, they have big problems. They're talking, they have children, they're talking about one little boy who was in a coma. He was a miracle of God that he even lived. They have, you know, they, they're depending on them for everything. You know, housing, food, water, everything we take for granted. You know, just the basics. So that really challenged me. But, but it's, uh, you know, it's encouraging. Because <laughs> what I want to encourage you is it's never too late to go. If you're thinking about, you know, God, God can use you. And, you know, hopefully you wouldn't wait like I did till you're 65. <laughs> you know? And it's, kind of, it's really kind of embarrassing to admit it. But, you know, that's because in the past what I would have done is all these things 
you know, would have built up. And, and I wouldn't, I would have very easily said to myself, you know, justified in my mind not going. I would have, and which is what I used to do. I would have said, you know, God, you know, I don't think it's for me. <laughs> but of course, it, you know, it wasn't him. Me, things we always do. So the other takeaway, what I want to say is what everybody else said. Also, um, what an experience! What a wonderful experience! You know, and of course, none of what I was worried about happened. You know, none of it. <laughs> Everything was fine, and it, I mean, it was a great experience. And also, uh, you know, getting to meet the other people on our team from the Baptist Church. Because I truly believe, you know, I could see it more and more, but I felt it like over the last couple of years. We really are now one body. We're coming together more and more. We're not Baptists. We're not Wesleyans. We're not, you know, in the fellowship. We're, we are the Ojai Valley Christians. And that was our name. And I, I know they just picked out a name to call us for the sign up, but it's really true. We're Ojai Valley Christians. And I already have shared with a couple of my friends who were unbelievers. I shared that. I go, we went (laughs) and we built a home. We came together as two churches. And I said, there's other churches in the valley. We are one body in Christ. And that's how we're able to do it. (laughs) And of course, it's in God's hands. So that's all. Um, just the other thing is that I even learned how to hammer a nail right. <laughs> Thanks to Bill Burr. Awesome. Thank you. They got lots of stories and I encourage you in the fellowship hall. Ask them stories and uh, you can celebrate with them. Uh, at this time, kiddos, if you want to head out with Miss Tina, Shiloh will put the screen up. Uh, we're going to continue on before we take communion. Uh, you can open your Bibles to Romans 12. Because we celebrate what God did uh, over there, you saw real physical manifestations of a new home, uh, shopping carts, all of that. Um, but you also heard through the testimonies uh, people who were really challenged at the heart level and didn't really even want to. Challenged at the will issue. You know, challenged at the will issue. And, and we've been looking the last few weeks in terms of transformation, metamorphosis, being made more and more into the image of Jesus, that ultimately it's an, it's an issue of the will. It's an issue of surrendering trusting, you heard all these words, to God's will as revealed primarily through the Word of God. Okay? Because my guess is this. You see, when it comes to a mission trip, they're cyclical in a church, and, and there's, nothing, there's nothing in Scripture that says, thou shalt go to youth with a mission 2016. Okay? There's no verse that says that. So when you seek the Lord in that, it's, it's, a, it's a different sort of seeking of the Lord's will because there's no clip, no definite scriptural mandate that you're supposed to go last week or else you're in disobedience. There's no scriptural mandate. 
my challenge to us, and, and as I was thinking about today, is I believe we are all at varying degrees struggling with issues of the will, with issues that are clearly stated in the Word of God. My guess is that there, there are those of us, myself included, who it's really clear scripturally what God's will is in an area, and you're basically saying what some people said here. I don't want it. I can't. Send someone else. That's good for so-and-so. I've got to share that verse with them. My guess is, in a very practical, real way, we are all, not my guess, I know, we are all being transformed. We are all in the process of transformation. I love what Kathy said over and over. It's not too late because all of us are in transformation for how long? Till you go home. Get a new body. You're, it's your glo- called glorification. So until you go home, you are all in transformation. So not only is it not too late, it just never ends. And so until your last breath on this earth, you are going to be challenged. I am going to be challenged with an issue of the will. It might be issues of going on a mission trip. But my guess, and, and, and really more to home, guys, it's more issues of the will with what is pretty straightforward and clear in Scripture already. And we all are confronted with, I don't want to. I don't want to. I can't. I won't. It's too hard. I've never. Right? With what is clearly, clearly and and, and plainly revealed in Scripture to be God's will. Right? We all want transformation, but we've said before transformation means change. Right? And we want to celebrate it. Sort of. Right? I Look at the quote I put on the front of your bulletin there. I love this quote. Because it gets kind of to the, the, the root, the core of our challenge when it comes to change, to, to even transformation, if you want to put it in the context of what we've been studying. Look at this. It says, our dilemma is that we hate change and love it at the same time. What we want is for things to remain the same, but get better. Amen? Come on now. Right? We, isn't it crazy? Think about that in terms of, of growing to be more like Jesus. I really, uh, survey says, how many want to be more like Jesus? How many kind of want to do that in the context of keeping everything the way it's always been? Right? I love that. We want things to remain the same, but get better. I want to be more like Jesus, but Lord, don't move the furniture. But Lord, I got my schedule. But Lord, I got my friends. But Lord, I got my attitudes. But Lord, I got my habits. But Lord, I got my... But I want change. And, and it's this, this love-hate challenge we have. And, and we've been working through, what do we do? Because many of you, I know, we all want to be more like Jesus. We want to be salt. We want to be light. We want to make an impact. And we battle internally with... Huh, how, do, how do I process this issue of the will right because we know in first thessalonians 4 3 it says this is god's will for us that we should be sanctified so we know very clearly right in fact let's look there first thessalonians 4 3 turn to the right several books first thessalonians 
Start where we'll read in verse 1. First Thessalonians 4 1 to give context. First Thessalonians 4 1. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be what? Sanctified, that's set apart, that's transformed, okay? Holy, that's the word for holy. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust, like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Right? So 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, the first half, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Not a lot of question about that. You might have been questioned if it was God's will that you should go to Mexico. Something to pray about, right? But 1 Thessalonians 4, 3a, real clear. It is God's will that every one of his children should be what? Sanctified, holy, set apart, transformed, changed. Do you want it? See? That's the same issues you heard right here. Oh, Lord, that's tough. Oh, Lord, no, I don't want to give that up. Oh, Lord, I can't. Oh, Lord, send someone else. Oh, Lord. We get challenged right away, but it's, it's very clearly revealed in God's will that all of us, 100% of his Christians, of his believers, as, as believers, as Christians, we're all to be sanctified. That's his revealed will. Then the ball comes to us. What are you going to do with that? What, what heart, where's your heart? What heart choice decision do you need to make, do I need to make? And how do you, how do you work through the struggle with that? And what I, what I want to challenge you with and help you with is that, you know, we often say, we often say, God is good and all the time, one more time, God is good and all the time, okay, now listen very, very carefully, God's will is good and all the time, oh, uh, you sure? See, see, we celebrate that, but let's look at First Thessalonians four three, and let me let me show you how it gets real for some real quick, right? Let me go back there. Let me go back there. First Thessalonians four three says this, right? It is God's will that you should be sanctified. How many of you believe that's good? Huh? Okay, he's like he's setting us up. I know he's setting us up. Okay. So, God's will is good, and all the time, okay, so we just did a slight modification, right? Look at this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. There are some that suddenly aren't so sure that God's will is all that good, because it just got real. 
because it's requiring change. You understand what I'm saying? What do you do with that? Because on the one hand, you just said God's will is good all the time, and all the time God's will is good. Then he just got real specific. He just got real rubber meets the road. Okay? No more sexual immorality. Oh! But I thought, like, but why are you struggling? Because you just told me it's good. It could be anything. Lying. Pornography. Forgiving others. Whatever. That is very clear in Scripture. Not even up for like Greek and Hebrew. You don't need a whole lot of exposition. It's just right there. So on the one hand, we say, yes, God's will is good all the time. Be sanctified. Be transformed. And then he says, oh, yeah, really? Let's get real. And then suddenly we're challenged with the flesh that doesn't think it's so good anymore. Because now I got to do something. Now I got to surrender at the core. Now I have to surrender. Now it's not about me. And and how do we, how you and I process that? What do you do? What do you do? What do I do when maybe here we'll celebrate and affirm God's will is good all the time and all the time? So then why aren't we just surrendering it opening up our pockets, giving it all up because it's good. What do you do when you're struggling with an issue of forgiveness or an issue of sexual immorality or a sex, uh, an issue of lying in the same way that Kathy was struggling going to Mexico? Ugh. Or Wes, Ugh, I didn't want to. I don't want to. I mean, many of us are struggling in the sanctification and the transformation is areas and if we're truthful about the different areas we're just basic saying i don't want to remember the last couple sermons that what was the title you want that too you want that too you know what do we do with that and and i want to just kind of give us a help we'll we'll, we'll look more into it next week because the time here's a real help for you okay so god's will is good and all the time Why? Because what? Because God is good. The goodness of God's will is rooted in God's character. Amen? you got to settle that issue. Because here's the flip side to that mission trip. In the 1950s, Jim Elliott was convinced that him and four of his best friends were supposed to go to Ecuador to share the gospel with the Aka Indians. Convinced. Their families had prayed. Their wives, their little kids, they were all on board. Jim Elliott and his four friends land on a beach in Ecuador. And in a matter of days, they are killed by the very tribe that they were convinced God's will said, go and minister. Is God's will still good then? Because they all died. See, we have to be very careful that we don't define God's goodness by circumstance, by conditions, how we feel, or by consequence. That is not the primary basis for the goodness of God's will. See, here's the thing. As a youth pastor... I used to take kids down to Mexico. And here's the root of this. 
when a parent signs a permission slip and I assume responsibility for them before we leave, there is no guarantee your kid's coming back. Now, I don't say that to the parents. But that's why we have them sign that form. That's reality. See, see, you all celebrate, you all celebrate Mark's leadership. And Mark, thank you. And Kathy and everyone else who went. Yes. But here's the thing. Mark took a mantle, and he knows this, for the welfare of all of you to the best of his ability. So while you're working away, Mark is shepherding and he's hovering and he's making sure you're fine and you're okay and you're taken care of. That's his role because we've done this together. But there's no guarantee that all of you were coming back. There's no guarantee that my family members were coming back. I know that. That doesn't mean if something, in, in our definition, tragic happened at the human level, that suddenly God's will is bad. Oh, we sh- I told you we shouldn't have gone. Really? So is God's will dependent on everyone coming back? Was that how we were going to define God's will being good? See, some of us are challenged in transformation with what you clearly know, plainly know, is God's will as revealed in His Scripture because you're trying to judge whether or not you think it's good. And here's your paradigm. What are my circumstances? What's my condition? How do I feel about this? What do I think the consequences are going to be? And if in that paradigm, in that algorithm, it all lines up in your favor, then it's good. If you're sketchy, or it goes this way, maybe not so good. And then you get stuck. And you get conflicted. God's will is good all the time because God is good all the time. That's the heart of transformation. When you say, when, when, when Kathy says, I needed more faith, do you understand, understand what she means? It's not more faith in herself and her ability and her reasoning and her emotion. It's more faith in the character of God. The object of our faith is God. And so when someone is, is you're struggling with an issue that requires faith and surrender, don't put the faith in you. Don't rest in your faith. I understand the cliche, I need more faith, I need more faith. No, you don't need more faith in you. You need more faith in the character of God. That is the object of our faith. So when you're not so sure about these circumstances, when you don't feel like it because your conditions aren't all lining up, when you're not so sure about the consequences, your faith goes to the character of God. You entrust your life to Him. Because the Bible says He never changes. God is good and all the time so you can trust His will. You can trust His will. You see, we're all celebrating and we're all looking forward to that building on Grand Avenue. We have prayed. We did the best we could to discern God's will. I have no idea what we're in store for. But I will guarantee you this. If we go there and for whatever reason things go south or they take a hard left and from... Things at the human, in the human 
definition of things, blow up. It does not mean that God's will has changed and it's no longer good. Because God's will is not based on circumstance or the consequences or our condition. God's will is based 100% on His character. Amen? Look what I put in your notes there to kind of help you through this. A little past halfway through, a quote by Larry Crabb. When I am not convinced that God is good, I will quietly, but with tight-lipped resolve, take over responsibility for my own well-being. Woo! Wow! When I am not convinced that God is good, I will quietly, but with tight-lipped resolve, take over responsibility for my own well-being. Eh, anyone here struggle with control issues? Anybody sitting next to somebody who struggles with control issues? If you know, I mean, just just come. What? Why? What? What's what's one of the roots of control? Fear, insecurity, right? Fear of the unknown. So when this comes to God and the goodness of God, if we're not convinced, if that issue's not settled, yeah. We'll sing the songs and we'll go through the motions. But deep down, come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when the rubber meets the road, who's in control? Who's driving the ship? Out of fear, out of insecurity, out of pride, out of whatever. Self-reliance. Right? And so in this transformation, I just and that's why I love the testimonies of mission trips. I love... The process, because oftentimes in these types of, of services, we celebrate the slideshow and we celebrate the afters. And it's always good. I, nothing wrong with that. I love celebrating the beautiful ministry and consequences. What I get the privilege of seeing pastorally is the challenges that led up to the day. Because that's where transformation is happening already before you even went on the trip. When you're scared to death and you're wrestling with God and you're making right all of these moments. Ah, Kathy grew by leaps and bounds before they even got in the car. You all did. If you struggled and you processed that and you before when you showed up at First Baptist, you just said, yeah, this has already been a success. Whatever happens, happens. I already grew. Why? Because it's an issue of surrender. It's an issue of trusting the character of God and then trusting His will for your life. Trusting His will. That's where the joy is going to come, guys. If you've been struggling with God's will the last couple of weeks, say, go to the throne of grace. Be open. Be honest with your Father. But then go to the throne of grace and let Him, through His Word, remind you that He's good. He's good. Right? Look at... Actually, I'm just going to read you some verses, and they're, they're in your notes here from Psalms. Psalms 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and the see that the Lord is what? Good. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is what? Good. And His love endures forever. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is what? Good. He's the essence of good. And here's, here's the thing. He wants your good. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's on your team. Go ahead. Go ahead. Turn to, he's on your team. He wants your good. 
He wants your good. How many of you have kids, didn't want to eat their veggies? Right? Didn't want to eat their veggies. And you said, come on, it's good for you. Good for you. How many of you, when you were a kid, presented vegetables and you said, I don't like it. And your mom and dad said, but you haven't even tried it. But I know I don't like it. Look at it. Just look at it. How could that taste good, right? And yet, as parents or our parents tried to convince us that this dish was good. They wanted our good. Sometimes God presents us with opportunities and he says, it's for your good. Oh, Lord, I don't want that. You haven't even tried it. Wes, I know, Lord, but ah, look at it. It's Mexico. Right? It's Mexico. What am I going to do in Mexico? Come on, Wes, try it. Right? It's the same battle. God, our Father, wants our good. Amen? Here's the key, though, before you say amen with a smile. Here you go. Try some. Right? See, for many of you who went to Mexico, here, Mexico on a plate. It's good for you. Kathy, it'll be really good for you. How long, how long did you battle with, with the Lord, would you say, about going? <laughs> right up until Mark locked the door. <laughs> but how long, how long before that? How many weeks would you say? A long time. That, that's grace. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up for the struggle. Go somewhere in the struggle. Do you see what I'm saying? We often start to become our... No, man, come on. Just, why are you struggling? Why, why are you struggling? Because you're human. Turn to the person next to you and say, welcome to the human race. Go ahead. Just turn to... Just welcome to the human race. Okay? How many in here struggle with just surrendering, doing what God wants you to do? Anyone? Okay. Thank you. Don't beat yourself up for the struggle. Seek the Lord in the struggle. How? Go to the throne of grace and go there till you convinced of his goodness. Of his goodness. Whatever you're going through right now, if you're struggling a, a, a heart issue, bring it to the Lord in the context of his goodness. If you're, if you're, if you're dealing with something right now, it's like, I don't want to, I can't, it's too hard, I've never. Bring that in the light of scriptural truth of his goodness. And his desire for your goodness. And see what it does. Begin to see your struggles in sanctification, your struggles in transformation in light of God's goodness. Because God reveals his will for our good. Amen? God reveals his will for our good. So that as we walk in obedience, we become more and more like who? Jesus. Is becoming more like Jesus a good thing? Okay. So just begin to connect. God reveals his will through scripture. God's will is rooted in his character, which is good all the time. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are good all the time and all the time you are good. And now we can extend that to your will. Thank you for celebrating for an opportunity to celebrate what you did in Mexico. But Lord, transformation is even happening today, 
right now in the lives of those who are in this room. And the same heart issues are present. Surrender. Faith in you. Trust. Obedience. Yieldedness. And Lord, today we are reminded that your will is good because you are good. And I think of Jesus in the garden working through issue of surrender and trust that your plan for humankind was good. That ultimately your will for Him coming to the planet was good. And so Jesus even says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, Father. And so my prayer for us during this time of communion, and today we'll we'll send the trays out to you. There'll be two cups. You can take uh, two cups and just have a time of reflection and prayer, and then we'll take communion together. As you hold the cups, as we celebrate communion in remembrance of Jesus, my prayer for us this morning is that we would go back to the goodness of God and the goodness of God's will. And if you're struggling with an issue, yieldedness, obedience, surrender, Lord, in this time of communion, would you speak to us about how good you are and that you do desire our goodness in this very specific area. So we love you and take this communion in remembrance of Jesus. Amen. Lord, thank you for the privilege once again to remember you through communion. And uh, we're reminded that ultimately the gospel is rooted in your goodness. Thank you for sending your son. Thanks for loving us first. We take this communion now in remembrance of Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you with this. The story about Jim Elliott and his missionary friends going to the Aka Indians and getting killed. The story didn't end there. The gospel went to the Aka tribe and many of them became Christians. In fact, Jim Elliott's wife and young daughter went to live with that tribe for a couple of years. Yes, went to live there. Wonder if you want to watch it. It's called the Through This Place, uh, End of the Spear, right? And and it's a wonderful movie out there. But see, in God's kingdom, in God's kingdom, it was good because the gospel went forth. In fact, Jim Elliott and his four buddies, they had brought rifles with them when they were on the beach. And they purposed, they said, if we are attacked, we will not defend ourselves and kill the Indians. Why? Because we're ready for heaven and they aren't. They chose not to shoot because they had settled the issue that if something happened to them, they were going to be in heaven. And if, and if we killed one of these Indians, they were eternally separated from Christ. And in God's economy, Jim Elliott's wife and daughter go back, live with the tribe amongst the people that killed her husband. They become believers and impact the world. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good.